So today on the Noteworthy Podcast, I'm going to tell you about the time I went skydiving for Move the Mission. At the time, it was called She's for Christ. And I learned very quickly that atmosphere matters. Guys, thank you so much for tuning into the Noteworthy Podcast. I am your host, Nathan French. Today, we're going to be talking about creating uh, an atmosphere of prayer and living in the presence of God. Thank you for tuning in. I can't wait to tell you about going skydiving. Some fun stories there. Let's go. In 2016, I went skydiving. Now, for those of you that know me personally, you know that I am terribly afraid of heights. So, (laughs) needless to say, this was a very difficult thing for me to do. They have you sign a waiver and try to prepare you for what's to come. They have all kinds of crazy things on that waiver. The waiver says things like, how badly you could be injured when jumping out of the plane, all the possible scenarios that you could die, and how they are not liable if you die. Fun fact, did you know that life insurance is voided if you die from skydiving? (laughs) True fact. And what brought me to this point, you say, what, what brought me to the edge of that little plane, 14,000 feet in the air to jump out. Well, there was a good cause behind it. The Georgia District Youth Committee, which on which I serve, said that if we raised X amount of dollars for She's for Christ, now known as Move the Mission, that we as a committee would jump out of a plane. We set the goal high and we didn't know if they would hit it. We thought we'd be safe on the ground, but next thing we knew, we were in a plane because Move the Mission was flying to new heights. What they didn't warn me about was the tremendous change in atmospheric pressure that would take place as you fly up in this little plane. They try to prepare you. They say, you know, when you jump out of the plane, you're going to want to fall out of the plane like this. Do not grab onto the plane, I repeat. Do not grab onto the plane. That's where most people get injured. And um, we jumped out of the plane, and I remember falling through a cloud, and I could reach out. I could feel the raindrops. I could literally feel the condensation from that cloud on my hands, you know, 12, 13,000 feet in the air. But that atmospheric pressure that that was so intense, that high up, without any vessel around you, without any aircraft around you, it's just you and atmospheric pressure. My ears plugged up and I couldn't hear properly for about 24 hours. So much pressure on my ears, pressure on my head. 
was much more than they prepped me for. Thankfully, I made it safely to the ground. One of our committee members, their first parachute, got tangled, and the tandem jumper had to cut that parachute off, and he came down on his reserve chute, which looked like a little plastic glad garbage bag. But he was just fine, and we were all just fine. But I learned that day that atmosphere changes things, and I had to adjust to a new atmosphere. Mount Everest Peak is the highest altitude above sea level at 29,000 feet. Out of 7 billion people on the planet, only 4,000 have been to the top of Everest. Climbers quickly found that the atmospheric pressure is much thinner when climbing the mountain than at sea level. Mountain climbers trying to reach the highest peaks, have to overcome a lack of oxygen. Climbers have to stop at four different climb locations to make sure their lungs have time to adjust to the thin air or they would die when reaching the top because atmosphere matters. Your atmosphere can determine whether you make it to the top of the peak or not. Your atmosphere can determine whether you live or die. If you were to get in a helicopter and fly straight to the top of Everest, you would die within an hour of reaching the top because atmosphere matters. But if you climb, if you make the journey, your body has time to adjust to the atmosphere and you can survive for 48 hours without oxygen. On the top of Everest because the climb matters, the journey matters, and atmosphere matters. The atmosphere in which you live has a great impact on your life. And today on the podcast, I want to hit on creating an atmosphere of, of prayer and peace in your life. And there can be victory that you find, peace that you find, when nobody's watching, when it's just you and God, an atmosphere of prayer. But before we get there, I feel I would be missing the mark if I didn't mention the atmosphere of the house of God. Because when you walk into the house of God, the atmosphere changes. You are at new heights when you are in God's house. And, and, and I'm going to talk about uh, how to pray and create an atmosphere of prayer when you're alone. That's the main point of this podcast. But can I just remind you before we get there that you're not alone? I know you're saying, well, Nathan, I, I am alone right now. I'm listening to this podcast. I know that. But <laughs> you're not alone. When you go to the house of God, you have walked into an atmosphere of elevation. Psalm 122 says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Notice that when David was writing, when he talked about location changing, his mindset changed because atmosphere matters. Matthew 18, 20, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Can I just 
encourage a listener today, get to the house of God. Hey, you, it's time to go to church again. Go go where the atmosphere has been set for you to have breakthrough. My goodness. Ecclesiastes 4.12, though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Get to the house of God. Get around God's people. Come on, people. What what you waiting for? Okay. Don't don't let COVID nineteen keep you from the church anymore. Just put on a mask if you have to. Whatever you need to do. But get to the house of God. I'm just trying to remind somebody today that atmosphere matters. And if you can get to the house of God, you're going to be in the right atmosphere. Now, I know when you go home, some of you go home to rough atmospheres and you go to school in some suffocating atmospheres, but keep climbing. God has great things in store for you in his house. And there is a reason why it's easier sometimes to pray at church than when at home. Because the atmosphere has been prepared for you and the table has been set and the bread is on the table because atmosphere matters. So, hey, let let me get your attention. I've got a random question for you. Would you drink the milk? (laughs) Yeah. Would you drink the milk? What if I told you that this milk has been sitting out for three days? It hasn't been in the refrigerator. But it's been close to the refrigerator. I mean, just like a foot away. I, 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 for, I, listen, I, I got my Honey Nut Cheerios and I, and I poured some cereal for my son Judah and, uh, and I ate some too, praise God. And uh, you know you like some Honey Nut Cheerios even though you're an adult. It's okay. It's all right. Let the Lord use you. And, and I forgot to put it back in the fridge. And that was three days ago. But it's fine. It's been close to the fridge. No, you wouldn't drink that milk because that milk has gone bad because it has not been living in the proper atmosphere. Ice cream that hasn't been in a freezer is not ice cream that you want to eat simply because of the atmosphere in which it's been living. Oh, it's, it's been close to the atmosphere. It, it's been close to the refrigerator. But it hasn't been in that atmosphere. It hasn't spent time in the refrigerator. And the only difference between uh, a, a jug of milk that has been sitting out for three days and sitting in a refrigerator for three days is the atmosphere in which it's been living. But the contents of that jug is determined by the atmosphere in which it has lived. Atmosphere matters. Young man, young lady, the atmosphere in which you spend the most amount of time matters. Atmospheric pressure refers to um, pressures surrounding you or the environment surrounding you. 
And the world offers many pressures in this life. And the content of your heart will be determined by the atmosphere in which you spend your time. Anxiety and depression is at an all-time high because we live in a troubling atmosphere. We must learn how to create an atmosphere of prayer and peace when we're alone, when we're at home, when nobody's watching, when you lay your head on the pillow and the lights go out. Where's your mind? What kind of atmosphere do you live in when there's no distractions? There are two ways that we learn from the Bible. One is through instruction. The other is through example. Both good and bad. Jesus led by example and instruction. When it came to prayer, Jesus led by example. He showed us how to pray. Luke 5 and 15 However, the report went around concerning him all the more, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Matthew 26 and 36. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. When a mindset change needed to happen, a location change would happen. In the Gospels, it was not uncommon for Jesus to withdraw to a place of solitude and be alone. And when Jesus learned that his cousin, John the Baptist, had been beheaded, he went away and he grieved. In Matthew 14 and 13, when Jesus heard it when he heard of his cousin John. He departed from there by boat to a desert place by himself. But when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. We can see consistently by Jesus' example that it is important for us to create an atmosphere of prayer and peace when no one else is around. He would Go to a place of solitude. And I really love this about about the life of Christ because it makes me feel a little bit better about myself, if I'm being honest. I am a introverted extrovert, which means I, I think they call it an ambivert. It means that I love to be around people. I truly love people, but I don't draw my energy from being around crowds of people. I can spend time around crowds of people, but then it's in times of isolation or with just my family that um, I recharge and I, I find my energy in those atmospheres. The only person that I can be around all the time and uh, never need a break is my wife, Rachel. I can, I can truly be around her at all times and be completely at peace and in my comfort zone. And that's just a special gift that God has given me in, in her to, to have an atmosphere like that at home. But it, when I'm in a crowd of people, I have to withdraw. And I see this in the life of Jesus where he would have to withdraw. He would say, hey, I'm going to go pray over there. And he would tell his disciples, he'd say, you stay here. <laughs> Think about this with me. 
I don't want you to go with me. <laughs> All the introverts are like, praise God. I, I, I'm with you, Jesus. Jesus, you are preaching to me. I'm with you. Hey, hey, you guys stay here. I'm going to go pray by myself. But who are you when, when nobody's watching? And so I want to I wanna leave you with five ways that you can cultivate an atmosphere of prayer uh, in your life. And uh, if you want to take these down, it's five really quick points. And I'm going to let you dive into your day. This is going to be a quick episode today. Hopefully you can get it done before you get to work, okay? Five ways to cultivate an atmosphere of prayer. Number one, find solitude. That means find a place where you know that you're alone, a place where you won't be interrupted, where you can you can pray. If you choose to pray out loud, nobody's going to think you're a weirdo. And just find that place in your life. You know what that place is. For me, it's either at home or it's at my church in the sanctuary when nobody's there. I, that's where I like to go find solitude and go pray. Second, utilize music that brings you personally into the presence of God. Uh, just a personal example of this I wanted to share with you is when I was a kid growing up at Calvary Tabernacle in Indianapolis, Indiana, um, they would get up and sing, yeah. I love you, Jesus. I worship and adore you. I just want to tell you, Lord, I love you more than anything. And they would sing that and tears would fall down my face. And I had so many experiences with God when they would sing that song. And so for me, even to this day, I will play that song when I want to enter into the presence of God. Utilize music that you have a personal experience with and personally brings you into the presence of God. I hope that helps somebody. God's given us the gift of music to enter into his presence. Make sure that we utilize that. And I know I'm a music guy, and and you may know us from Nathan and Rachel, and music is a big part of, of my ministry. But I'm not just saying that because of that. I'm saying go find a song that ministers to you and utilize the gift of music that God has given. Number three, eliminate distractions. Find a place that doesn't have any screens, any computers, any cell phones. And if you have your cell phone, just completely turn it off. Or as I like to say, put it in airplane mode and you'll go to new heights because you won't get any notifications. Number four, set a timer so you're not watching the clock. When you're cultivating an atmosphere of prayer, set a timer so you're not watching the clock trying to see how long you've been praying. And that way you can just say, this time is completely blocked off for the Lord. And I'm not going to look at my clock the entire time. My timer will go off when the time's over, but I'm going to be present in the moment, not looking at my iWatch or my Apple Watch or whatever. Number five, designate an accountability prayer partner that will, will follow up with you. And that may not be in person. It may just be you're texting each other or... Um, you know, someone that you can share scriptures and thoughts with concerning what God has shown you in prayer. I can't tell you how much it means to me, the, the friends in my life, that when God gives me revelation, it means so much for me to say, hey, look, I just saw this in the scripture. Have you seen this before? 
Hey, I was just praying about this. God just spoke this to me. Have you ever seen this? Man, I mean, that's a priceless friendship in your life. Get an accountability partner, a prayer partner that will follow up with you that says, hey, have you prayed today? And hey, this is what I saw in the word of God today. Have you seen this? And don't do it alone. Get somebody in your life that you can share that revelation with. And let that be a special relationship. You don't have to share that with everyone, right? Like when you're preparing a message or uh, if you're teaching a class and you have something that you feel, hey, I'm going to save it for this moment, that's okay. And it's good to just have one or two people in your life that you share that with. And keep a prayer journal. This is a good way to cultivate an atmosphere of prayer and peace in your life. Because, hey, friends, atmosphere, it matters. Can I pray with you? Jesus, I love you and I thank you for your word today. Thank you for the opportunity to speak to these amazing listeners. I pray that they would create an atmosphere of praise and worship and prayer and peace in their life. We'll be sure to give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, I love you. Have a great day. We'll see you next week on Noteworthy. God bless. Worthy.